Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. I don't think that there was two ghosts there. I don't think there was two entities. I think it was one. I think it was a demon possibly taking on the form of a girl. It's the fall of 2008. Faye Winward, a single mom with four teenage kids, has decided it's time for a change. The family is moving from their apartment in San Bernardino, California, to a newer condominium complex in the small town of Upland. When she first laid eyes on the condo, Faye fell instantly in love with the contemporary white stucco Spanish-style building on 9th Street. It looked like a place where the Windward family could find the peace and quiet they were searching for. But looks can be deceiving. I'm Steve French, and this is Unsolved Mysteries, The Windward Family's Ghost. Faye Winward is 40 years old in 2008 and works part-time as a dental assistant so she can spend as much time with her children as possible. We were living in an apartment complex that I wasn't too fond of. It was kind of rowdy and stuff, so I wanted to get the kids out of there. So we found the condo, and it was a really nice area. It was a two-story condo. It was actually pretty nice. There was two bedrooms upstairs and a bathroom in the middle. Then there's one master bedroom downstairs. Dylan Winward is 13 when the family moves into the condo. He bunks in with his older brothers, Matt, who's 17, and 19-year-old Michael. His sister, Summer, who's 11 years old, is the lucky one. She has the other upstairs bedroom all to herself. The first day we moved there, like, 100%, I, like, got a creepy vibe, but... I just really felt the best way that I can explain it is like I constantly kind of felt watched. I felt extremely uncomfortable. From the start, it was extremely weird, like nothing I've experienced before. It just constantly felt like someone was, you know, like watching me. No matter where I went, especially if I was alone in a room, it just felt like there was someone standing behind you at all times. Summer and Dylan don't share their feelings with each other or anyone else in the family. They figure their new home will just take some getting used to. After all, they've barely finished unpacking. But then in the first week, when he least expects it, Dylan has a chilling encounter with what he can only describe as an evil entity. I was taking a shower in the upstairs bathroom. First time ever being in that bathroom. And out of nowhere, I just hear a demon. Very dark, very deep. And it lasted about 15, 20 seconds. It was completely evil. It was disgusting. 
just like how you would imagine in the movies, extremely deep and like very low pitched. To be honest with you, it sounded like it was in my head, you know, like because it blocked out all the sound around me. It was a long time. It just kept going and I just froze. I didn't even move. I didn't freak out. I was just shocked at what I just heard. Dylan quickly finishes his shower and tries desperately to convince himself that the voice was just his imagination. He knows it would be a bad idea to tell anyone in his family about what he heard. His older brothers would never let him live it down. So he keeps silent. Then a few days later, his sister Summer has a terrifying encounter of her own. I was by myself completely when I had this experience. It was probably, I would say, two in the afternoon, still early in the day, and I was home alone, and the electricity actually went out, and there was no sort of sounds going on, no refrigerator. You know, I could hear a pencil drop. And I heard from the top of the stairs, I could just tell it's from the top of the stairs, a little girl say my name. That's all she said, but clear as day. And I like froze because it was dead quiet in the house. There was no any sounds going on or anything. And it was the scariest thing. And then I just called my mom, like just bawling my eyes out. Summer called me just really, really scared crying because she heard the little girl call her name. And so she was really, really scared. And she said, don't ever leave me here again alone, mom. Faye is in a tough spot. She works strict hours at her dental office, so Summer sometimes will have to stay at home by herself. Faye doesn't know how to explain to her daughter what she might have heard, but not even for a second does she think their new home is haunted. She has no idea that Dylan has now started seeing their ghost. I was in the downstairs bathroom washing my hands. Before I left the bathroom, I just turned and looked at the bathtub and I can just see this little girl peeking her head. All I could see is from her nose up, just peeking her head over the bathtub. I don't know where the rest of her body was because that's all you could see was just her peeking and she was just staring at me. I just ran out and I didn't tell anybody about it. In the months that follow, the little girl appears to Dylan again and again. I was just sleeping in the upstairs bedroom. I was sleeping and I just woke up. And then there was just this figure of this little girl sitting right on the edge of the bed. She was probably like eight years old. Her skin was pale white. She had blue eyes, like a dark blonde color hair. And she wore this like white old like nightgown or something. And I couldn't see through her at all. She was completely solid. Every time that I seen her, it was like looking at a real person. The second time when I seen the figure when it was sitting on the edge of the bed, it was all black. It looked like a shadow, but you can like tell the body structure. Like it was a child, but this time it was all black. That's another thing that made me think it was like a, a demon or something because it changed like appearances. 
It looked like to me that she was facing, looking out the door because the bed was like right in front of the door almost. It looked like she was looking out the door into the other room. She didn't say anything. Only thing that happened was the head like tilted just slightly as if it was like listening or or acknowledged that I woke up. I just stared at her. I, I probably stared at her for about 10 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds. She was just staring, you know, straight. She she didn't move at all. The figure didn't move. She never disappeared. And I just went back to bed. I didn't even freak out or anything. I just went straight back to bed. To this day, I have no idea why I reacted that way, but I just did. I think I was probably just in shock from seeing it. Six months after moving into their new home, only Dylan and Summer have had experiences with the supernatural, and both have kept their encounters to themselves. It's only when their 17-year-old brother Matt has a midnight visit from the ghost that the entire family realizes they have a problem. We were all, you know, sleeping, and Matt was sleeping on the couch, and we just heard him scream, and it, like, scared us. So me and Dylan both, like, in sync, ran downstairs And I've never seen my older brother, Matt, cry before. And he was like shaking and we're like, what? Like, what's the problem? Because he wasn't speaking at first. And after maybe five minutes or so, he eventually, you know, told us what happened. He's like, at first I thought it was you, like in the corner of my eye. And then I looked and it was a little blonde girl, maybe seven years old. And he said that she was like kind of standing behind the couch and She was staring at him and vice versa. And then within a blink of an eye, he looked away and then looked back and she was gone. Matt completely freaked out. He was screaming. And so that's when we started to tell him like, hey, I've been seeing this ghost multiple times too. One thing all of us experienced all in sync at the same time, you know, me, Matt, Dylan, my mom, we would all be in bed late at night. And we, you know, it was upstairs, downstairs. And we would hear just boom, 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 you know, as if someone, you know, was going up and down the stairs. And my mom would scream out to us, like, you guys go to bed. It's, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And we would all scream back to her, like, we're in bed. And then maybe two minutes later, we would hear the boom, 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 boom down again. Faye listens patiently to her children when they say they think their home is haunted. But she doesn't understand why her children are having these encounters. And she hasn't seen or heard anything. I didn't really take it real serious. I thought they were either just imagining this or trying to punk me as a mom or something. So I wasn't taking it too serious. I think my mom thought, you know, we're just all young kids, you know, just giving her hell, you know, pranking her. But I don't necessarily think I took offense to it. I kind of understood, you know, it literally sounds crazy. It's not that Faye doesn't believe in the afterlife and the supernatural. In fact, she had her own ghostly encounter with her mother one year after she passed away. My dad went on vacation one time and he asked me to go to his house to feed his cat. And the minute me and Summer walked in, I saw my mom. She was sitting in the chair and she just turned her head and leaned over and looked at me. And she, you know, was already dead. But she looked very much alive. I seen her. So I believe they're out there. 
It's not long after Faye hears the kids' stories that she's finally introduced to the spirits herself. It's early in the morning. The kids are at school. And she's alone. I dropped them off at school. I came back. And I would usually have a cup of coffee and watch the news after I dropped them off at school. And I was seeing like little lights rolling around in the air. And I thought it was maybe the sunlight coming through the curtains. So I got up and I shut the curtains, but this beam of light would still be bouncing around. It wouldn't go away. And it was aimed more towards the staircase, just moving around. They were like a bright white color and um, they were about the size of your fist, a little bit bigger. They were moving kind of fast and they were moving at the end of the staircase. They were just like hovering right there. So it was really weird. It kind of gave me an eerie feeling, but then I just stopped thinking about it. And, you know, it wasn't to the second experience that I started to start believing the kids more that something's going on when the kitchen table moved. It was like early evening, I would say probably maybe around four or five. I was in the kitchen by the sink and I was calling for the boys. My mom was trying to move our kitchen table. She was trying to move in and she went to, pretty sure she went to call for one of us to come help her. And out of nowhere, she, as she's turning back, the table's completely pushed over. When I turned around and looked at the table, it was crooked. Like it had literally moved on its own. And it freaked me out because it was straight. I had it straight in a different direction and like almost against the wall. And then when I turned around and looked at the table, it was like completely crooked. Like someone had literally moved the table. She couldn't believe what happened because it was a pretty big table. She couldn't believe that it moved on its own like that. So I think that's when she started to take it more serious. After what happened to me, I started to get like an eerie feeling in the condo too. Like just a weird feeling like someone was watching me. You would see the ghost or you would hear someone running down the stairs. It was just really creepy. You couldn't relax. You couldn't watch TV without feeling like someone was watching you. One thing everybody likes to do is shop. Another thing everybody likes to do is save money. What if you were able to do both? Well, now you can with Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is partnered with over 3,500 stores across every category, beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, you name it. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not be saving while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Shop stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Bloomingdale's, Urban Outfitters, Blue Mercury. Chances are your favorite store is already there. Here's how it works. The stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You get paid via check or PayPal quarterly. You can maximize your savings by stacking cash back on top of other deals, like store sales and coupons. Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Why not join them? Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up with Rakuten. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After almost a year of these disturbingly dark incidents, Dylan, Matt, and Summer begin to open up to their friends about their family's ghost, and they're surprised by the reaction. Instead of being afraid to visit or sleep at the house, the friends all actually hope they'll have an encounter of their own, and they aren't disappointed. Almost every time we brought someone over, someone was saying that they heard something or they seen something. It wasn't just us. It was basically every single friend that stepped in that house. My friend Corey, we kind of had fun with it. Like he wanted to come over, but then when stuff would start to happen, he would want to go home. He would call his mom because it would it would get crazy. At one point, I told my friends, me and my brothers have all had kind of weird experiences and stuff like that. And they, and stuff. So we just thought it was funny. And we were all, all of us were like, go show yourself. Like, if you're here, like we were just being little kids and stuff. But then all we heard, like the loudest running down the stairs I've ever heard in my entire life. It was like 10 people running down the stairs. All of us heard it. And we all just froze and looked at each other. We had our friend Justin over and he went outside to go smoke on the patio. And before he opened up the patio door, there was just a little girl just standing there on the patio. And he says, hey, is is this place haunted? And we're like, why? And he told us, you know, I seen an actual girl on your patio. Once it started getting worse, It was primarily worse for Dylan and Matt. Them and their friends got the worst end of it. So when they kept on coming to me, telling me their stories, I was really freaked out because they were saying it was a darker entity. My best friend, Corey, and my brother, Matt, were in a bedroom, the same one when I seen the little girl. And they both heard the laugh. And my my friend was completely freaked out. He was tripping out, like, what the hell was that? So they both heard it. And then I told them that the same thing happened to me. And the weird thing is, is that where they heard that laugh was right next to the shower. Faye grows more and more concerned. She doesn't want her children and their friends living in fear in their own home. She needs to do something to get to the bottom of what's going on. I think my mom just decided enough was enough because not only we... Her children had all these experience, but every time we had a friend over, like there's probably another six people out there that have seen this ghost who every time we had a friend over, they would see something. It just got too out of control because all the stories that the kids were telling me about them seeing this little girl and then their friends seeing this little girl. And after my experiences, I decided to call the landlord. She brought it up to the landlord asked him straight up is was there anyone ever complained about ghosts or anything in this uh, condo before and he just denied it when i talked to the landlord there was a whole different story i got an eerie feeling from him 
I asked him, has anybody died in the condo? He just like was so calm and nonchalant about it. He's all, no, what's going on? I go, well, because the kids keep seeing visions of this little girl, like a ghost. And I told him what happened to me, my two experiences. And he's all, oh, well, if you want, I can come over and sage the condo for you. And I go and I decided to switch the kids' rooms. Summer had one bedroom and the boys had the other. I decided maybe if I switched their rooms, maybe it would stop or something. And he's all, oh, if you want, I can come over and paint the room for Summer. So it made me feel like he knew something. One day, with nowhere else to turn, the Windward kids decide to take it upon themselves to challenge the spirits in the house, hoping they might just go away. It was me, my sister, her friend, and my best friend. And we decided we wanted to antagonize the ghost. And I personally didn't think anything was going to happen. And we were just saying, like, if you can hear us, like, show yourself or move something. And out of nowhere, it went nuts. Almost like a poltergeist, not just a normal spirit. The doors actually started slamming. We just heard in the two bedrooms, stuff falling over. And then it sounded like someone ran down the stairs really quick and we just ran out of the condo and just refused to go back in. And hours later, when everyone else showed up, like when my mom finally came back home, we went upstairs and sure enough, there was clothes on the ground. There was a few things knocked off of our desk because we had a desk and a computer. There was just a bunch of stuff. It looked like someone was just throwing things around. With all these experiences they were having, I decided to move. I don't know if I was worried about their safety as much as them just being scared because no one was hurting them. It's just that they were just freaked out. So I just decided enough was enough. At that point, I definitely wanted to move out because I was not comfortable at all. Just always felt like someone was watching me at all times and it wouldn't go away either. When we finally did move, I was really excited but I was still kind of anxious for the first couple months because I didn't know if the ghost was going to follow us or what could happen. So I was scared, but ever since that, I've never had any sort of paranormal experience. I never had this experience ever again. I never had that feeling of someone watching me, never heard anything, and I've never seen a ghost. And we moved probably a good four other times. It's been 11 years since the Windwards moved away from the condo. They've never gone back, and they never investigated who the little girl ghost might have been. But they all had their own ideas about who or what was haunting their home. My personal theory on the whole thing is that the little girl must have died somehow in that either, you know, like on the dirt of the property or in the actual condo itself because she was so young, you know, six, seven, something like that. I just don't think she knew she was dead. I think it was demonic. 
I mean, if you want my honest opinion, I think it was a demon possibly taking on the form of a girl, maybe so it could relate to us more. I, I don't know, but I personally think it was a, a demon for sure, especially after hearing that demon laugh in your ear. And I had no doubt in my mind and having this stuff fly across the room, having the table move. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts and spirits like that. I can't imagine a spirit would be able to do that. But I never really dug into it too much. You know, me and my friend Corey still talk about it to this day. We go over all the experiences that we had and we still talk about it, but I don't really share too often with people. Some people don't even believe in ghosts, you know? Some people will think like you're crazy or something. So I, I didn't care. You know, I don't bring it up like a normal conversation. But if someone does bring up ghosts or something like that, then I'll tell them my experience. But I don't just bring it up with anybody. It was just more of something like that just happened to me and in my life and kind of just moved on from it. But moving on hasn't been quite so easy for Summer. It took a toll on me for a long time. You know, I would have these reoccurring nightmares. It would probably happen once a month. I would have, from start to finish, the same exact dream of me going into the condo and some sort of spirit would try and possess me and then I would wake up, like, not being able to move for a quick minute. I don't know if it's the actual term sleep paralysis or whatever the actual term is, but I was eventually, obviously, able to move. From the time we moved out, which I was about 12 years old till 19 years old, I just had these reoccurring nightmares. But thankfully, the last time I ever had it was 19 years old. So that was cool because those nightmares sucked. I feel like, honestly, it changed my whole like outlook on life. You know, since 11 years old, I think it completely changed my outlook on everything. You know, religion, life and death. You know, it definitely changed my life. But... At the end of the day, I think I'm glad it happened. If you've had an experience with ghosts or the paranormal, share your story at unsolved.com. Next on Unsolved Mysteries. I remember my parents' bedroom door being open a little bit and they had like a bunch of wooden panels, most of them missing with one still in the door. And I think that told me that somebody had kicked the door down. My brother looked into the room and devastated isn't even the word. The way he sounded and the screeching in his voice was terrifying. Unsolved Mysteries is a production of Cosgrove Mirror Productions and Cadence 13, an Odyssey company. It is executive produced by Terry Dunn-Muir and Chris Corcoran. Produced by Christine Lenig, Courtney Ennis, Paige Heimsen, and Bill Schultz. The story producer for this episode was Caitlin Cutt, and it was edited by Robert Wise. From Cadence 13, editing, mixing, and mastering by Chris Basil and Andy Jaskowitz. Production support by Sean Cherry, Ian Mont, and Ava Fenneberger. Artwork and design is by Kirk Courtney. Publicity by Maura Curran, Josephina Francis, and Hilary Schuff. The original theme music was composed by Gary Malkin and Michael Boyd. Thanks for listening to episode 48 of Unsolved Mysteries.